Welcome to the First Opinion Podcast. I'm Pat Scarrett, editor of First Opinion, stats platform for articles written by biotech insiders, healthcare workers, researchers, and others with interesting or illuminating or provocative perspectives to share about the life sciences writ large. But not for long. This is my last... So I'm going to lose it. This is my last podcast as I'm retiring from STAT and the 9 to 5 working world on March 10th. By the time you hear this, travel God's willing, I will be in Costa Rica with my wife, Helen, re-exploring a place where I spent months in 1977 studying fruit-eating bats. The goal today is to introduce you to Tori Bosch, the new First Opinion editor. Say hi, Tori. Hi, Pat. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Um, you know, it's only been a week of working with you, and I can see why you're so just beloved by stat and readers alike. Well, thank you. So, Tori, you had a really great and stable job at Slate and a couple other places. Uh, you've been there for a while. What made you want to take on this crazy job? So, I've I really did love my previous job. Um, I worked for Slate and Arizona State University and the New America Foundation in Washington, D.C., editing coverage of technology, policy, and society. Um, and it was fascinating. But I've also been a longtime fan of STAT. I've read STAT since it launched. And in particular, I really enjoyed First Opinion. And so when I heard that STAT was hiring, I thought, well, maybe it's time for a change and an opportunity to learn something new. I've always enjoyed reading about health and life sciences, and um, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to put my hat in the ring. Well, we are fortunate that you did. Um, as our boss, Rick Burke, likes to joke on everybody's second day, well, it looks like we haven't scared you off. And so you're here on Thursday, four days, um, and we haven't scared you off, which is uh, really exciting. How's the first week been? The first week has just been overwhelming in terms of how nice everyone is and how willing to help. Um, yeah, you know, give, give them a week. <laughs> They're all putting on their nice faces, I suppose. But I am just sort of overwhelmed by um, how much everyone here genuinely likes each other and how interesting they all are. And that's just been fantastic to get to do. It is. It's a great place to work. It's, um, and that's because of the people. All right. Your turn. Uh, well, Pat, um, first, I want to hear more about those fruit eating bats you mentioned. They're very cool little critters. Um, I remember before I went... I had to get rabies shots because some of the bats were not nice fruit-eating bats, but they were true vampire bats that carry rabies. So do other bats. Um, so that was the unpleasant part of going. So I was a team of three, and we would trap each week. We would trap a bunch of bats coming out of this one cave at dusk and um, pick three and put teeny, teeny little radio transmitters on their back with surgical glue. And then we would spend the next seven days tracking each of those three bats using antiquated radio antenna and then triangulating during the day where our three signals came from. So we learned that the bats um, had a big impact on what the forest and the plains around their roost looked like. So that was that was fun. Well, I mean, starting your career studying fruit eating bats and ending it as first opinion editor. What's been your favorite part of being first opinion editor? My favorite part of working at STAT is working with 
all the great stat folks. Um, <clears throat> my favorite part of First Opinion has been working with a, just an amazing array of people who have things to say. And I've always been grateful that they've, well, most of them uh, have really uh, been willing to work with an editor. And so the back and forth editing uh, is something that I've enjoyed a lot. You know, I think a lot of our listeners are potential first opinion writers, uh, but this question is also for me. Um, what do you think makes a great first opinion piece? And do you have any advice both for me and for possible writers? Well, there are two kinds of first opinions in in my mind. One are the sort of wonky policy healthcare ones, um, and and for those having a a really clear message and a, a voice of your own, you know, and and not being afraid to say I um, in a piece because it is an opinion piece and you are writing it, so it's it's okay and good to say. I believe or I think. Um, so those are sort of the ones about the, you know, the, the more policy ones. The other ones with personal or work stories, um, telling a good story is is really great. And I think people can learn from other people's stories. So um, even in the wonky ones, bringing in your own perspective, when I worked at, you know, the FDA, Blah blah blah. Um, so it, it it helps let people know who the writer is without having to go all the way to the bottom at first and find out who is this person and why should I listen to her or him. So I'm glad you mentioned the word I because my next question for you was about um, two little pet peeves of yours that I've learned about this week that I think are super useful for anyone who writes either for first opinion or really for anywhere. So they're about the words we and the word patient. Can you tell us about why you have these strong feelings and what they are? Sure. In in a lot of essays, especially the policy ones, people use the word we. And the word we in most cases doesn't really make any sense. If it's one person writing, well, who's we? You know, there's only one of you writing. To kind of try to bring every the whole universe in um using the word we is uh, often wrong. So that's why I, for years, have been asking uh, people to clarify who we is. I do it so often that I have a little macro in Microsoft Word that I can type the word we and then one keystroke and this whole hundred word question comes up. Um, so that's one. The other pet peeve is writers, and I include stat reporters and editors here as well, um, use the word patient injudiciously, I think. I'm not going to say incorrectly. We're all patients at one time or another. But even, even people who have and live with health conditions don't necessarily consider themselves to be a patient. Um, I've been living with a whole bunch of things for a long time, and and I consider myself a healthy old guy um, because these things are either in the past or I'm dealing with them in a way that doesn't really affect my life. So using patient, um, I think, should be reserved for clinicians 
talking about their patients, their own patients, not everybody as a patient. Um, I think we need to look at people as people and not as patients. I think it sets up this weird dichotomy that uh, power dichotomy even um, that that I don't have never liked. So I've mentioned this in the office, but I want to put it on the record for other people to help me in this quest. My goal, Pat Scarrett, is to get you to write a first opinion article about the word patient. And I have a headline for you. I don't know if I told you that yet. No. <laughs> Impatient about the word patient. There we go. The bats call. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, who knows if, if or when um, I, I will put fingers to keyboard, but I will definitely keep that in mind. Well, it is certainly an invitation that does not expire. So if in two years you decide, hey, the time has come, I'll be here. Thank you. Um, I mean, in the meantime, you know, what's one thing that editing First Opinion has taught about taught you about life sciences or about healthcare? You know, is there something that doing this work with all of these experts has changed your mind on? I'm not sure changed my mind. It's taught me about things like patent thickets and 340B, um, you know, some really arcane um, areas of the life sciences that I never had explored before. Now I, I know more about them um, than I should. Um, I, I probably won't forget them, which I wouldn't mind freeing up that space in my brain for something else. So, Tori, back to you. What are you, what are you looking forward to in First Opinion? I, I know that you're, it, it's been a, a bit of a Vulcan mind meld, which can, if you've ever seen Star Trek, it's not always the most pleasant thing. But once next week rolls around, what, um, what things are on your agenda? I'm just really excited to learn. So um, in a previous role at Slate, I was the medical editor um, for for about three years. But this was a long time ago, going back to the ACA debate. Um, so so much has changed in that time. And I'm really excited to get up to speed on the debates, on the people, on the areas that I need to learn more about. I think that's one reason why I made this change is I'm a generalist at heart and I like being excited by new ideas. And I'd started to feel that I sort of knew what everyone thought about Section 230. And so now this idea of learning about these debates, um, the areas I've never thought of before that are full of contention, that's really exciting to me. Um, and I certainly want to invite our listeners, and we'll, we'll talk more about this in a bit, to, to tell me what I don't know and should know. Um, there's just such a, a rich group of experts here, both within STAT and within the readership and listenership. And I, I can't wait to learn from everybody. In a previous life, you were you mentioned to me earlier that you had done copy editing. Uh, I'm sure that our copy editors are going to be grateful for your skills. <laughs> I hope so. It's um, going Learning a new style guide is going to be quite a feat. I think I've got the Slate style guide burned in my brain. So learning that I should not spell out percent and should instead use the <laughs> sign, um, it's going to take a little while. And I would like to apologize to Sarah and Karen ahead of time because it might take me a little might take a minute on that one. They're good folks. They will um, <laughs> they will take that in stride. If you could envision in your first few days an essay that you'd like to get other than one from me, uh, what would it be? 
I think, you know, I really love a provocative argument. You know, I think one of the challenges with this kind of um, of section, as you know very well, is that a lot of the problems in healthcare and life sciences are both familiar and seemingly intractable. And it gets hard to find new opinions, right? It gets hard to hear something we haven't heard before um, while still pointing out problems that continue to exist. Just because we've all heard it before doesn't mean it's not still a problem, but it does make it harder to get readers to click. So what I'm really excited for are arguments that will make people say, huh, I never thought about it that way. Exactly. Exactly. That that huh moment um, when you're reading an essay is a really fun one. There was a moment when I used to tell people, you know, the re- the way to write a really great surprising opinion piece is to think about actually, right? You know, you might think this, but actually, uh, but then in recent years, actually has become kind of a code word for a, a certain kind of jerk hiding behind a keyboard. So mm. I've had to erase that from my advice for writers, unfortunately. Mm. So, Tori, what are you most excited about in your first year at Stat and First Opinion? I'm just really excited to to get to know new topic areas. You know, some of the areas I'm really, really excited about are um, infectious disease and future pandemic preparedness. I'm really, really interested in genomics and gene editing and especially ethics. Bioethics is a topic that I'm very excited about and, um, you know, hint to potential writers. I'm always interested in a piece um, that has a surprising perspective on that. Um, and, you know, I'm also interested in seeing where we can expand topic areas. Um, is there more we could be writing about food safety, for instance, and lab-grown meat, which is another area that I'm super interested in. Uh, so, yeah, some of that kind of more biotechy stuff um, that feels a little bit more sort of general interest reader friendly are areas that I'm really interested in exploring more. One of the cool things about First Opinion is that that platform was covering topics before anybody, any of the reporters at STAT were. It, in, it, initially, the concept of climate change wasn't really part of STAT 1.0 or STAT 2.0. And I began to um, seek out and publish pieces on both the environmental costs of hospital care and the impact of healthcare on on the climate. And I was really delighted to do that. Food is another area that we don't generally cover, but First Opinion has been uh, able to sneak in articles doing that. And STAT is kind of oozing in that direction as well. So I look forward to seeing the new topic areas you take in. The other one that I'm really hoping to sneak in more of is um, veterinary care. I think there's a lot to say about both um, the health care of livestock, but also domestic pets and, um, you know, big vet. There's a lot of money there. And I think there's a lot of stuff to say. One of the things that I learned when I first started was which I should have known but didn't was that almost every pharmaceutical company has like the chief veterinary officer because they do so much with um, with animal research. Changing gears here, you're from Philadelphia. You've lived there for a while. Yeah, so um, I was born in the Philadelphia area and then I went to D.C. for about 15 years. And then about a year and a half ago, my husband and I moved back to Pennsylvania to be closer to family. And, you know, thankfully, it's a little bit closer to Boston, which seems to have worked out really well for us. Best meal in Philly? Oh, um, so my younger brother is a chef 
And cool. so I have to give a shout out to him. Uh, the best meal is anything that Brian Bosch makes. Um, <laughs> I'd like to know kind of what's been the hardest part about first opinion for you. Saying no to people. I'm a middle child. Um and middle children try to make peace on both ends of the spectrum. And um, I, I th it's saying no to people. When I knew they had good essays, they just either weren't right for us or we had already published something on that or whatever. Um, I don't like to say no to folks. And so I've had to learn how to do that in as gentle and positive a way as possible. You know, it's funny. I'm a middle child, too. I think that there's something about this sort of uh, position in which you're working with a lot of experts in which that kind of middle child diplomacy maybe can can come in handy a little bit. One of the things that I, I learned my previous job, uh, I spent years at Harvard Medical School helping publish their health information for regular folks. And I had to work with a lot of experts. I mean, really, really, really big experts. And I thankfully learned there, which has helped me here at STAT, is um, it's okay to tell them what to do sometimes. <laughs> um, many of them are phenomenal at what they do. They're just not writers. So um, it's been fun to work with all sorts of people helping shape or improve um, essays that had really great ideas that just needed some nudging along. So, you know, editors are never supposed to have a favorite writer um, because just like parents aren't supposed to have a favorite child. Um, writers, even people who are not writers full time are still, you know, creatures who need to be protected. And I say that as someone who considers themselves a writer at sometimes too. Uh, but can you tell us about one piece that you look back on and are just really proud of? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are so many um, and, and so many really wonderful essays that I really can't, um, well, I can't, I really won't single one out. <laughs> I'll ask you later, maybe. <laughs> um, all right. So this is a question that has practically nothing to do with this. But, you know, whenever I talk to a smart person, I just want to know, um, what's a book you recommend? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to a first opinion contributor here, Jay Baruch, who's been on this podcast a couple times. Um, he was gracious enough to come up to Boston and do one live um, just a, a few couple months ago. Um, but... He's contributed a number of uh, first opinions, some in the sort of the g shading into the wonky area and others uh, in a very personal way. He wrote one about a patient of his who was having a really difficult time in her life and she was in the emergency department and Jay kept asking her about this and that in a but in what I would assume is his usual thoughtful manner, kind and gentle manner. And she said, Doc, I'm stuck in a tornado of life. And that was a really great essay. And uh, somebody from MIT Press who reads that um, saw the essay and reached out to Jay. And so out of his first opinions, um, and other writing, he's he writes for a lot of folks. 
came the book Tornado of Life. So I'd, I'd recommend that book by Jay Baruch. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of uh, the First Opinion podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. It's, yeah, I'm getting... Um, I'm getting teary reading through the credits, so I am going to ask Tori to close out this episode of the podcast. Pat, thank you so much. I mean, it's just been such a pleasure talking with you and, and learning from you, and, and thank you from, for everything that you've built. Listeners, thank you for listening to the First Opinion podcast. It's produced by Teresa Gaffney. Alyssa Ambrose is the senior producer, and Rick Burke is the executive producer. And don't worry, the First Opinion podcast is not going anywhere. It'll be back later this spring in a new form. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for more info. And in the meantime, we love to hear from listeners and readers. Let me know what topics I should take on in First Opinion as editor. You can do that by sending an email to first.opinion at statnews.com. That's it for now. Uh, Pat, do you want to send us out? I'll try. That's it for now. Be well. Oh, that's the old one. <laughs> you you sneak. <laughs> you sneak. <All> right. <laughs> that's it for now. Be well during this strange and uncertain time. <laughs> <laughs>